This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Well, if you got your Bibles, go with me to the book of Genesis 17. Genesis 17, and I probably don't have to say where we're going tonight, because we've been talking on faith, and we're going to keep teaching on faith. And you know what? It blesses me to see you out Wednesday night after Wednesday night after Wednesday night, just to be taught faith. And I believe it's so important that that we are taught faith. Actually, if you think about this with faith, faith is the currency in the kingdom of God. The only way you'll operate in the kingdom of God is by faith. And so if that's how we operate in the kingdom of God, that's all through the New Testament. The just shall live by faith. And so it's over and over again, faith and faith and faith. And so, man, if that's the currency in the kingdom of God, man, I want to know everything I can get about it. So, we begin in the book of Genesis 17, verse 1. When Abram was 99 years old, just a young fella, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am Almighty God. Now, the phrase there, Almighty God, in the Hebrew is literally a word called El Shaddai. El Shaddai means the all-sufficient one. So God shows up to this guy named Abram and he says, I'm El Shaddai. I'm the great I am. I'm not the great I was. I'm the great I am. Now, I would imagine here that when God shows up in this, that he's got Abraham's full attention. So he goes on and appears and says, I am almighty God. And he challenges Abraham and he says, walk before me and be blameless. In other words, not only obey me and live for me, but live for me from your heart. Verse number 2. And I, El Shaddai, will make my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Now this is what God said to him. He said, buddy, you live for me like I tell you to. He said, I'm, I'm going to multiply you exceedingly. Do you know in Ephesians 3 verse 20 it says that God will do exceedingly abundantly above what we could even ask or think? I want to tap into that. Now note there he used the word covenant. He said, I'm going to set a covenant between me and you. The word covenant means a treaty. It means uh, uh, to bind a binding contract. And so when you see the word covenant It's one of the strongest words that you can find in all the Bible. It's used over 250 times. So when you see covenant with God, God, God's not a covenant breaker. God's going to do precisely what he said. And I love the thought. He said, listen, buddy, I'm going to multiply you exceedingly. Then Abraham fell on his face, or Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant, my pledge, or my contract is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. Now, when God said this to Abraham, it didn't appear like he was going to be the God of many nations. Because at that time, he didn't have kids through his, his, uh, the, the woman that would birth ultimately Isaac. And so again, this was a a prophecy that God spoke over him. This was a promise that God said to him. Now, when God speaks promises to us, we can believe them. 
We can receive them. We can live by them. Or you know what? You can blow it off and act like, ah, God will never do that. And when I have that attitude, guess what? He won't ever do anything. But watch what happens in verse 5. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham, for I have made you a father of many name, or many nations. Now, this was God's arrangement that every time Abraham heard his word or heard his name or spoke his own name, he would be reminded of God's promise. So think about it in this sense. Every time that he spoke his name or he heard his name, Abram, Abraham, Abraham, Abraham. Remember, Abraham meant a father of many nations. So now, by hearing and speaking what God said about him, over and over, he begins to reinforce his faith. Because faith comes by hearing, and the way faith is released is by speaking. So again, this was God's way of saying, begin to hear the word of God and begin to speak what I say. Now in me and you's life right here, this principle that God set up in his word was designating God's will for his life and our life. It's in your mind and it's also governing of your speech. So do not name yourself... Or call yourself anything less than what God says about you. Now with that question right there. What do you say about yourself? See if I'm constantly saying negative things. I'm reinforcing negativity in my life. But when I begin to say about myself what the Bible says. I'm telling you, your faith will begin to swell. Faith comes by hearing. So the key is, just like Abraham, he said, you've got to start speaking what I say about you. So start saying that. Find scriptures that pertain. You know, in, uh, in Romans eight thirty seven, he said, yea, and all these things were more than conquerors. So if God says I'm more than a conqueror, why don't I start saying I'm more than a conqueror? Why don't I start saying that I overcome by the blood of the Lamb? Why don't I say that, that I'm strong in the Lord and the power of His might? Because those are the things that God says about me. So I'm going to challenge you right now. I'm telling you, you begin to speak the things of God out of your mouth and you keep speaking them. And you speak boldly day after day after day after day. Now again, I... I, I, I've tapped into this. You've got to realize I've been walking in this now for, well, I'm 47 now, plus 10. <laughs> I've been doing this for, golly, since I was 20. So 37 plus years of my life. But again, I like to call it affirmations. I start affirming the very things that God says about me. And so you may start little. You may start with two, three, four things. You may have to write it down on a three by five card. But you begin to speak those things day after day after day after day. And I'm going to tell you right now, it'll stir you up on the inside. And then you keep adding and you keep adding. And many of you have heard me say this right now. I affirm probably a minimum of 150 things every morning. 
It takes time, but it's that important to me. And so this is what God began to do with Abraham. Now, go with me to Gen- or Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter number 4. And we're going to dig in here a little bit deeper. Now, we've been here, but the reason I'm going back to this is because this passage here in Romans 4 It ties in just what we read about Abraham there in Genesis 17. Uh, Romans 4 verse 13. For the promise, for the promise that he, Abraham, would be the heir of the world was not just to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Now when he talks about through the law, he was talking about the Jews when they would try to obey the Torah. But he said it just wasn't to those ones by the law. He specifically said it was to those ones who are through the righteousness of faith. And when he begins to talk about faith, faith is believing what God said. So he said that promise is to those one who believe by faith. Verse 14. For if those who are of the law are heirs of faith, for if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void or empty. And the promise is made of no effect or it's annulled. It's no good if everything comes from the, the law. But think about this with the law. If the, the, the Jews could have fulfilled the law, God would have never sent Jesus. But they couldn't fulfill the law. None of us can fulfill the law. For us to fill the, fulfill the law, we'd be perfect. It's not going to happen. So you know what God said? I'll send my son. And so again, the way I receive his son is by faith. And this is what he's talking about. Verse 15. Because the law brings about wrath. For where there is no law, there is no transgression. So the only way to avoid breaking the law is to not have a law at all. Verse 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace. So when he says there it's of faith, the New Living says it's this way. The promise is received by faith. What would be faith? The promise is received by faith. The word of God. The promise is believing what God said that God will do precisely what he says he'll do. He goes on to say, so the promise might be sure or certain to all the seed. All the seed. That means every one of us. Not only to those who are the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Verse 17. As it is written. Now you may want to underline right there. Because anytime I can find out in the Bible where it's written, that is a promise to me and you. That God even wrote, you know, that If you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you would be saved. Well, where is that found? That's found in Romans 10, verses 8, 9, and 10. But it is written. So it's important that I find Scripture that's written and I stand by that. So look what he goes on to say. As it is written, I have made you, Abraham, a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, who did he believe? He believed God. Now watch this. Who gives life to the dead. Do you know every one of us spiritually are dead? 
And the only way we become alive spiritually is we receive Jesus. So right here he says, God is a God who gives life to the dead. And God calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So what would happen if I begin to call those things that don't exist, those things that don't exist as though they did? Well, many would people would say, well, I would be lying. No, I'm not lying because I call those things that be not as though they are based on the very first part of verse 17, as it is written. As it is written. So again, he begins to say stuff like this. Begin to speak over yourself anything that doesn't exist. And you begin to speak it by faith as though it, did, it does exist. Now this is, this is biblical. This is what God says. And so the word calls there is literally a confession of my faith. Now here's a great question to ask yourself right now. What am I calling? What am I speaking out of my mouth? Do I speak the word of God or do I speak the problem? Do I call those things that don't exist or do they do? And a lot of times people will say, well, that doesn't make any sense. Well, you got to realize faith has nothing to do with sense. Faith is not determined by my physical senses. If it was, then we wouldn't need faith. So again, the whole New Testament is by faith. And so the more I begin to understand these things the more things will begin to happen. So, let me give you an illustration of how it looks to call those things that be not as though they are. I find in my Bible, uh, Psalms 127.2 says he gives his beloved sweet and peaceful sleep. At the time in my life, I'm not sleeping good. I'm sleeping horrible. I'm a champion sleepwalker. But I find where it's written and it says, God gives his beloved sweet and peaceful sleep. So right there, there's my written promise. So now, you know what I begin to say? I begin to call that thing that doesn't exist, sweet and peaceful sleep. I call that as though it did exist. So my prayer would look like this. I thank you, Father God, that you're blessing me with sweet and peaceful sleep. That's calling those things that be not. Am I lying? No, I'm not lying. Why can I say I'm not lying? Because I found where it's written. So anytime I can find where it's written, I can always tell the devil it's finished. You know why? This book is your title deed. And he said the promise was to all the seed. So if the things that worked in Abraham's life worked in his life, I'm part of the seed and so are you. So again, i got to get a hold of this. So now, jump with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Now, as you're turning here, i, I got to tell you this story, and I don't know how long this is going to take, but it's worthy to be told. There's a guy in our church that I saw eight weeks ago now. Now, I've seen him since then, but I'm going back eight weeks. He tells me that he's experimenting in an area of his life with how powerful his confession is, the words of his mouth. So he gets two jars, and within both of these jars, he fills them up with rice, just plain white rice. The jar on the left, he begins to curse it as far as saying, 
you'll die, you're of no good, you're not worth anything, die. The one on the left, he begins to speak life over it. And he begins to tell it, you'll live and you'll be healthy. I see him two weeks into this process. You know what he tells me? He said, Pastor, it's the wildest things I've ever seen in my life. He said, the one on the left that I begin to curse and die, he said, it is, it is molded, it is black, it looks horrible, and it smells horrible. Fourteen days into the one on the right, he said, it's alive, it still looks the same way as it is. I see him a week ago last week, and he says, I'm still doing it. He said, the one I've cursed is so bad looking now. But he said, the one that I've blessed is still alive and it's kicking. And he said, you know what I started speaking over? I started saying, you'll live and you'll never die. And I was looking at him like, you got to be kidding me. He, he was so sure of him blessed. He shot, he shot my wife a text of the pictures of him. And he said, as human beings, we just don't understand how powerful our words are, what we speak. So the key is, I begin to get my mouth in line with the Word of God. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So when we look at this right here, we realize with what the Word of God says, that faith has a time. What is the time of faith? Now, faith is. So faith is, is present tense. It's right now. I begin to look at some, some cross-references here. And when the Jews celebrate the Passover feast in the, in the spring, they have a prayer, and the prayer says this. This is Psalm 118, verse 25, if you want to write it. And they say, Save now, O God, we say, save now. Prosper now, O God. We say, prosper now. And I begin to look at that, and that was their prayer. They fully understood that God is a God of right now. And so it's big that we understand. Faith is now. I'm not knocking when we get to heaven, but when you get to heaven, you're not going to need faith because you're going to come face to face with Jesus. So why do I have to believe him anymore? Because he's going to be right there. So faith is now. So he goes on and gives us some info here. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, when you look at the word substance here, Faith is what gives the substance. When I look at the word hope, I wouldn't need faith if hope worked on its own. But when I look at hope, think of hope in this way. Hope is like a goal setter. Hope is like a dream. But hope has got to have something to help it along to fulfill the goal or to fulfill the dream. So the goal of hope is fulfilled by faith. So really we can read that verse and say, the word of God is the substance of things hoped for. Because that's the basis of faith. And so think of faith this way. Again, faith is a great goal setter. 
but it won't fulfill the goal. Faith on the, or not faith, but hope. Hope on the other hand, hope will, will, will get you through the storm, but it won't keep you going. Only faith will keep you going. And so when I look at this here, faith will change the circumstances where hope won't. So he goes on to say, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things not seen with the physical eye. And so what is evidence? Evidence is proof. Evidence is something that substantiates or validates something. And so faith is the answer to both of that. Faith is the substance and faith is the evidence. So I go back and I look at everything that the Word of God says. Now in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says this. You'll walk by faith and not by sight. You'll walk by the Word of God, not by your physical senses. Now when I read this right here, what we're talking about, I want you to think of faith in this sense right here. Faith can be, or, or just the, the thought of faith and hope like a radio. Now I'm going to make this simple. Let's say that there's two, two wavelengths or two bands with the radio. You have AM, which is your senses, and you have FM, and we'll just say the F, and FM is faith. So when I look at it this way, we know they're both on different wavelengths. We know they're both on different frequencies. But if you try to pick up faith or FM on the AM radio, it won't work. You try to pick up God on your senses, it won't work. The only way you're going to pick up God is on the FM. So many believers were trying to pick God up, faith up, on the AM. And you can't mix them. You can only be one on the other. Now faith is so important. That God said in Hebrews eleven six, Without faith it's impossible to please him. He didn't say without hope. So again we go back and we got to say. Man I got hope. But that's the problem. Many believers live by, live by hope. I hope, I hope, I hope someday this will happen. But faith says now. I can trust in it. Right now. I got one more passage of scripture I want you to go to. Go go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Just telling you guys something. Faith has nothing to do with my physical senses. And this becomes frightening to us as human beings. Because almost everything we learn in life happens by our physical senses. But again. He said, walk by faith and not by sight, not by your physical senses. But listen here again, faith has an eye. The eye of faith says, you know what, I can believe the word of God over my circumstances. I can believe the word of God over whatever's happening because faith is now. Now look what he says here in 2 Corinthians 4, just one verse, verse 18. While we do not look at the things which are seen... But at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary or right now. But the things which are not seen are eternal. And so what faith begins to do. The more I read the word of God. 
the word, the word of God will begin to create a picture in my mind. I begin to see things with the eye of faith. And so I can trust the word of God over and over in this area of my life. And so when you think about this here, right here, I believe this will help you. Tonight, if you go home and you don't know what's on TV, you pick up a TV guide. And that TV guide will tell you exactly what's on. Well, in God's realm, he's got a guide too. And the guide is called the Word of God. And you want to know what's on God's TV tonight? Just pick up the Bible. Start reading the Bible and start getting in the Word. And then begin to believe God and begin to speak those things that God says over and over and over again. And you just keep speaking and you keep saying them. Now, in my life, the areas that I would have hang-ups, I would find scripture to those. I had hang-ups growing up big time with alcohol. I was dominated. So think about this. Is there something in your life right now that dominates you that you don't like? So I find in the scriptures, and this will pertain to you, Colossians 1.13, he said, I've delivered you out of the power of darkness. And I've transferred you into the kingdom of light. Now think about what he just said. Now this was the Lord Jesus I have delivered you out of the power of darkness. So he didn't put that off to next year, next month. I have delivered you. So guess what? Jesus has already done it. So I begin to look at that and I think, well, if he's delivered me out of the power of darkness, then I might as well go ahead and start walking in what he has already delivered me from. Do you know he's already saved every one of us? We were saved 2,000 years ago, but a lot of times we didn't know it. Growing up, I didn't know how to be saved. I didn't have a clue. But when I began to get into the Word of God, and so I found out that promise, well, it's the same. He's delivered me from the power of darkness. Jesus already paid the price. So I begin to say this out of my mouth. I thank you tonight, Father God, that you've delivered me out of the power of alcohol. And you've transferred me into the kingdom of light. And I would say this out of my mouth. Alcohol has no dominion over me. No dominion over me. Now let me tell you something. The word of God is true. The word of God will come to pass. But it didn't happen immediately. Why? Because I didn't believe it. But I kept speaking it. Just like Abraham kept hearing the word of God. And when he would hear it, he would speak it. And when he would speak it, he was here. So I just kept speaking that. I'd speak it, I'd speak it, I'd speak it. I'd look at myself in the mirror and I'd say, alcohol has no dominion over you. You've been free from it. And there was a space of my life where I begin to see things happen. I begin to go a couple days without having a drink and that was huge. And then before long, I'd go a week and a month. Now I can tell you this, by the goodness of God... And the word of God and glory to the word of God and glory to Jesus for what he did. I hadn't had any alcohol in me in 30 plus years. And so when people will tell me the word of God won't work, the word of God will work. You just keep speaking it and you keep believing it and you keep standing on it. And so I tell you that because when you study Abraham's life, that very promise that God gave him... It didn't take place immediately. But before long, guess what? 
Abraham had a promised child named Isaac. And before long, all the patriarchs of, of Israel, from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to Joseph to Ephraim, Manasseh, the 12 tribes of Israel, Abraham was the granddaddy of all of them. And so the very promise that God had spoken to him, it took place. But it took a man to say, I believe what you say about me. I believe it. And so, so many times, even with Abraham, we can get over and look. And he was old. He was 99. Sarah was 90. They're older than dirt. How many of you would you freak out in here tonight if there was a 90-year-old woman coming here and was pregnant? I'd freak. I would look at her husband and say, you the man, dude. You are a champion. And so when God tells him that, can you imagine what's going on in his brain? God, I don't mean this ugly. God, I don't have Viagra yet. What's up with you? But God said, trust me. Even when life doesn't make sense. Because again, faith operates by faith. Faith operate, doesn't operate by sense. So again, when it, thinks, when it comes to the things of God, you may not be able to smell them, touch them, feel them, see them. But guess what? It is written, so I stand on the written word of God and speak, and I challenge you, speak. Speak the word of God. Speak the things that you desire. See, I don't desire bad things to happen to my life, so why do I speak them? Oh, I'm so stupid. I'm so forgetful. Ah, da, da, da. And so again, just start saying what God says. I'm just telling you right now. I have had God elevate the bar in my life. And I'm telling you, I am speaking and I am speaking and I am speaking. There's a lady in her church that's needing to sell her house right now. And I said to Shelly, I said, tell her to speak. Speak over it in the name of Jesus. Tell her to speak to that thing. And so again, I, I challenge you. I double dog dare you. Start speaking boldly, okay? Find the scriptures, speak it, pray it, and stand. See, all you guys, you think that I'm just there's always this wonderful husband. I had all those angel wings and everything. Shelly would speak of her. She spoke over me for years. He's a godly man. He's full of the Holy Spirit. And God honored her prayers. Here I am. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.